Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I don't know where this is going to go because this is a, has nothing to do with what I have written down, but uh, <clears throat> from what's taken place this morning, I just I hear this story uh, in my spirit, and I, and I want to... Uh, at least read it and see if anything comes from it. If not, we'll move on to something different. Um, but I, I want to give some context to what took place here this, this morning, um, which is, uh, if you notice, there was, there was a something that was required of me. I want to give context because what, what happened is, is, is so you can, see, you can see how Yahweh operates sometimes in a moment like this. The reason that there are healing waters that flow and that there's access to that and that if you are in a place that needs healing, you just need to know that you have stepped in on the right day is because Yahweh provided a moment that I felt in my heart where I had to, I don't know why, because I'm the one that set up the live stream in the first place semi-reluctantly, but because there's just a lot like, we, oh, that'll be the next thing. We're back on track. We got live stream. Other people have live stream. Let's get live stream. How is everybody going to know that we're even doing anything, that we're meeting or gathering? We have people come up and say, I didn't even know that y'all gathered. It's on your website that you're in this little building over here. All of these things. And, uh, and, and so, I, so I started to, to feel like we should do this live stream thing. And uh, I'm not saying that it's a, th- this is for today. I'm not saying that's not for tomorrow. I have no idea, and I'm not going to back myself into that corner. But I know that today, today what he spoke to me about that and not broadcasting what he's doing in this room. And from that, from the obedience, and it's not all about listening and obeying, but in a time that he speaks for you to do something App, this actually does line up with something I was speaking, but, but in a time that he asks you to do something, are you willing to do something that doesn't make sense because from that, breakthrough happens. Uh, access, permission into a different realm happens. And, I, and just as we were, as we were uh, going through this whole process this morning, um, I, I, uh, I just I heard this, this, this story and I want to read it. And we've kind of danced around it, but never gotten to it. <clears throat> this is Daniel 6. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, <clears throat> that the satraps might give account to them, so, the, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm so the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful nor was there any error or fault found in him then these men said we shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of God So the governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. 
all the governors and the, and the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of uh, Medes and, per- and, per- and the Persians, which does not alter." Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. Now, when Daniel knew, so Daniel is in a place of absolute growth. He's been through a, a, a rooting process. He's been uprooted for what he was. He's gone through so much. He's seen his friends go through fire and come out on the other end. He's, he's gone through quite a bit, and now he's coming to a place where he's, he has distinguished himself. The kingdom of, 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 is, is right there in front of him. Everything that he could ever, every bit of power, every bit of growth, everything from the world's perspective a success is right at hand. And he says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. He knew it, and he made this choice. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, he hit those, those points. And the peace of Yahweh, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Yeshua, right? We know this. <clears throat> so Daniel, in a time of growth, decides, I can see that this is sustaining me, time to cut off from the source and jump into a new source, or I go back to the days of old. I go back to what got me here in the first place. I decide to stay rooted and grounded though the circumstances start to shift and everything that I thought I wanted and needed and all the security I used to have is now dwindling before my eyes. I'm going to go home is my choice and I'm going to hit my knees and I'm going to pray. That whole thing seemed like a pause, like I was wanting you to think, but I was really just trying to find my place again. So verse 12, and they, and they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, this thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said, before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased, not with Daniel, with himself. You see, he already had favor in the king's eyes. 
I mean, it, to, to me, you could, Daniel could have, Daniel could have uh, manipulated this word and this thing and say, you know, really, Yahweh's put this person in my path to make this work for me. Could see that king and the favor he had as, as the king as Yahweh's promise to fulfill something in him instead of seeing Yahweh as the source, not the man. Right? Do you, you, see, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like he had favor in the king's eyes. The king wanted to set him on high. Yahweh brought him into a place. But when he shifts, when there's just a little tick to the right, is it, is it this stuff? Is it everything that he's done? Is it the signs and the wonders? Is it the, is it, or is that just, just, just a sign and a wonder, not the source? And so he goes back, always going back to the root that he's planted in. <clears throat> so the king, uh, finding myself again, y'all just... 14, thank you so much. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, uh, Know, O king, that it is the law of Medes. What is, how you say that? Medes? 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 Medes. Okay, I gotta get that right. See, I did not plan to read this or I'd have had that down. Medes or Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke saying to Daniel, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. That's his response. That's the king's response. The one who already saw favor in Daniel Sometimes we think we were respected and elevated to a place for a different reason than the reason that we were actually respected and elevated to a place for. It might not be publicized that way, but in school, everybody that's partying and doing their own thing and being crazy or, you know, doing whatever they want to do and acting like that's all cool and everything else, are, guess who they go to when, things hit, when, when stuff gets difficult? Someone that's rock steady. One of those people for me in my life that I've always seen do this as a, as a kid was Jonathan Murner. I, I, he's, a, he's a good friend of mine, but when he was, when he was in high school, he was an absolute, everybody loved Jonathan. He always found favor, yet Jonathan would never, ever bow to what those people wanted him to do. He was, a, he was a standard because he had a father that was a standard who was fathered by a standard and there was just a generational inheritance that he had that he stood on and it was, and it was, and it was beautiful and amazing and I, and I know Yahweh blessed him in that. But, but that's what they always turned to. The standard, Samuel, talked about this this past week. You, you're a standard. That's what they look to. It's not how good you are. It's not how fun you are. It's not how good looking you are or any of those things. It's the standard of the source that you're plugged into. And they might not be able to put words to it, but they know where to go. And you know where to point them because it's also not you, the man. It's the source you're plugged into. Who's, Who's got me? 17, then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. 
And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me, because I have, found innocent, I have been found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Your justification comes through him. Even in the moments where it seems like you are not being justified. <clears throat> Even in the times where it does not seem like you're being justified. We, we as human beings have this natural thing that pushes us that says, man, I got to make sure that everybody knows, okay? I, I, you need to know my side of the story. You, let, let, me, let me tell you, okay? I'm going to tell you where, where I stand with it. Let me, let me correct you on that one. Yeshua, in a story of, of, uh, of the man who was, who was blind since birth at the end, uh, when he, after he's healed him, he's been cast out by the Pharisees because he challenged them uh, in, in, their, in their thinking, and he was cast out, and Yeshua met him. And at the end of everything, though this story was about natural healing of his eyes, his statement, remember his, his closing statement, his closing argument, Yeshua says, Yeshua says, I have come. I have come in judgment that the blind may see and that those who see may be blind. So if we're in a place where we see something that someone else doesn't see, maybe it's because he brought sight to you and and made others blind. And there's no reason for you to come into a place of trying to find justification or making someone else see something that he might have blinded them to. And so, I, so he's always shifting gears in these things. He's always seeing things from a different angle. He, and, and you need to just, Ben said, close this, back off and wait and watch. Don't, get the, let that pre, don't let that anxiety rise up. Be anxious for nothing. In everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto Yahweh. And guess what? He's not just coming to answer those requests. He's giving you the authority to answer those requests through peace that surpasses all understanding through Christ Yeshua that guards your hearts and minds. So, so, so Daniel, in a time where he could have been pressured, he could have said, King, listen, we got rapport here. Let me tell you something. These guys did this because they knew you were about to elevate me. Justified, true. But that's not what Yahweh said to do. Plug to the source. Daniel in the very beginning was the one that said, I'm not going to take what the king is giving me. Let me show you that my God provides. 
asked him, asked, asked the, the, those leaders that were over him to allow him and, uh, and, and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Azariah, Mishael, Hananiah, that's their real names, they, they, they uh, asked, asked that they be, they, they be taken out of a system and still operate, but, but from, from the, the, the source of Yahweh. Not, not defiling themselves with the king's, uh, with the king's um, supplications or whatever. So, uh, so he, he makes this decision throughout his life, and he's going back to that in a moment, I believe, whenever he sits there and he says, I could be elevated, but I'm going to plug back into this source. I'm going home. I saw the thing signed, and I'm still going home. It happened before my eyes. I'm still going home. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying, Daniel, <clears throat> saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should not, that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. And the king gave the command and they brought those men who, who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions them, their children, and their wives, and the lions overpowered them and broke all of their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Yeah, that's gruesome. But really, it's a representation of cutting off the generations of that spirit. And, and what was, what, what, Daniel not feeling like he needed to justify himself in a moment and stay plugged into the source made a way for him to be justified through the source. Not in the way he, most people would think it should happen. Most people would not say, hey, first go try to try your you know, cards with the lions. Because if you come out of that one, man, you'll be justified. That's not gonna be the, that's not gonna be the, the thing I've, 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 uh, I've taken the things, um, the foolish things of the earth to confound the wise. You talked about this this morning. I've taken the weakest to confound the mighty. If if we do not have a grid for the impossible, there's there's the famous famous, um, uh, scripture that says, uh, nothing is impossible apart from God. That is no thing, thing being rhema, which means freshly spoken word of Yahweh. So no freshly spoken word of Yahweh will be absent of ability to perform itself. So it's, so it's saying that, the, that, that, uh, that, that nothing is impossible and it should, no, no word that he gives you will, will, will leave you, so to speak. Let me see how, how to say this the best way. This, man, these days where, you're, where I'm just like, feel like I'm being flooded are sometimes the most difficult, but... Uh, but I, but I just want to, I want to sit and be faithful in this. No freshly spoken word of Yahweh will be impossible, or that word impossible meaning without ability. So no 
word that Yahweh gives you, that Yahweh speaks into your life, that a promise that has come to you will not within itself house the ability to see itself through. Faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. <clears throat> and so our, I think our heartbeat here uh, in this season, in this time, is one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I might behold his beauty and inquire in his temple, focusing on the one thing that's not just a scriptural reference that sounds good and, and, and looks good on the wall, which it does, and I like that scripture, but, but it's, it's really a call to intimacy. It's a call to setting yourself apart. It's a call for more. And, and, and I'm just going to say this how I'm hearing it this morning, whether it seems weird or not. But, but if he's calling you into intimacy, if we're coming into this place, faithfully walking into a place with this family, and we are even in our secret place or our, our time alone with Yahweh, if we're coming into a place of intimacy with the Spirit, it would be foolish to think that you're not leaving pregnant with something. And the weird but great thing about that is, is that, you know, when, when Eva was pregnant with our children, people used the term, uh, oh, you're expecting, or we said we're expecting. And, and that's a great way to say it because when you're expecting to give birth to something, you change the environment around you to make that suitable for that coming word, for that baby, And so, so I, just, I just hear this morning that, that, Yahweh, that Yahweh, in a moment when he's invited us into intimacy, one being the fact that he's allowing, I believe, now to call our, to, to, to say father, to say daddy. Not that we couldn't before and, and to see ourselves as son from the position of sonship. Not, these aren't terms that we haven't ever heard before, right? But Apostle Paul, was ama- he was a wordsmith, and he was amazing at his quotes. You can read his book. He has amazing quotes. But one thing that he was really, really good at was defining words, biblically and spiritually. And I think that one of my favorites is the word revelation, seeing something for the first time that you've been looking at all along. And so, so revelation is not necessarily the fact that someone can use a good analogy or, or read a scripture with gusto or, or have, have stories or, or say anything that seems like they have, they have some power behind it because there's a lot of people that can do that. But the revelation comes when eyes are open, that blind start to see. That they see something, they're in, there's an invitation to rooting. That, that's what I really believe we're invited into. So it's not just that I say, sing, or hear that he's a good father, but I'm starting to see, and it's starting to take root in my heart that he is a good, good father, and I respond accordingly as a son, seated in sonship, and knowing that I am designed to walk just as Yeshua did in the earth today, because he is within me and I within him. It's the same spirit, not a, car, not a copy, not a little bit of one, 
one, but the exact same spirit that rose Christ Yeshua from the dead now quickens our mortal bodies. There's, there's, a, there's a responsibility when you start to see things like that. There's a responsibility. You know, Yahweh gave me the word uh, probably about uh, two or three months ago about the, kind of what you said this morning, Ben, about, um, about, about careful with how you say things. Be careful with this word uh, that, that was coming from Proverbs that there's life and death and the power of the tongue. <clears throat> Being careful of how you just throw things out there. Because it would be foolish to think that you could ask Yahweh for a breakthrough and then in this next breath start talking about the things that are keeping you from breakthrough or the things that you're dealing with and constantly rehearsing that word. If you're, if you're, if you're giving those to Yahweh through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, if you're really making an exchange and the exchange should be made, now you should have peace and there should not be anything else coming out and, 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 and uh, mixing in with the word of Yahweh. As a son, we start to come into a place where we see the word of Yahweh being our, at some point, at some point, we have, there has to be a people, us being that people that say, I'm not going to allow a word to a, a decree, a declaration to, to escape my lips that doesn't line up with the word of Yahweh. And the thing is with Yahweh is that everything is impossible naturally because in his realm, nothing is impossible. That doesn't exist in his dimension. The creator of all, the alpha, the omega, the great I am, nothing is impossible. That's where all of that comes into play. And all of that being accessible to him, now he's a father. So nothing is now impossible for you, but he is using you as a catalyst to bring what is, what is not possible here naturally from the heavens into the earth. It is the heaven and earth connection. <clears throat> but if you see, I mean, if you're not willing to say, if you're not willing to be uh, t- to receive or have an expectation for the impossible, something that absolutely will not make sense today, you're going into a lion's den. You have a way out. You can justify yourself. You have you have a way out. And who knows, Daniel's story might be that he's, you know, those satraps still get thrown into the lion's den, Daniel's elevated and everything else. But I tell you who will not be glorified and that king will not be declaring out of his mouth, your God is the God of all. That won't be the reason behind your saving. And you have forfeited your opportunity to bring heaven onto this earth. And so... I know by natural means, by natural means, we are not going to grow uh, without doing the things that others do to make a church grow. 
But I know this from being in the background of all of this is that Yahweh has always provided a way for this house. And Yahweh has always provided a way for this family. And I just want to always be faithful to the word because w- we could have thousands of people in this room and this place could be wealthy and we could be building up all the buildings and we could buy land and we could do all this kind of stuff. And to the outside eye, that would look like success and Yahweh is doing a mighty work. And good job, Mark, you came out after apostle and you grew that thing the things that we never have seen we could try to go that route or or we can come into a place where we can say Yahweh I will not bow to anything else I'll bow to you and I'll and I will praise your name and in a moment of that in a moment like that I'll receive the blessing of healing I will take a take 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 a healing any day I will take redemption and restoration and glorification of the one I serve any day over the anxiety and pressures of trying to do it myself. I, uh, so horrible. This is an opposite of an analogy. I don't know what that is. It's, it's the opposite of how Yahweh operates, but it popped in my head and it's funny. And so I'm going to say it. Um, my, my, this is my, uh, my, my boys are, whoever does not know are, are absolute polar opposites. They see the world in completely different ways. Frank is our very organized you know, keep everything in a line, every I dotted, every T crossed. And Leo is our one that doesn't even know what an I and a T are and don't care if they're crossed or dotted. And he, and, and uh, you know, the, they're in this place where Leo always is taking something from Frank. Or like, you know, Frank's got all his cars set up and Leo comes through and just poosh, kicks them. There's constant battles in our house when it comes to that. Now, they love each other to death, and we love them in their, each in their own way, how they are. They're awesome, but, but those two sides conflict, as you could maybe tell and, and know that it tests their mother and I very much sometimes. <clears throat> but I was cooking the other day, breakfast or something, and Frank comes in screaming, Daddy, Daddy. Leo took my birthday present. He's got my toy. And he's just crying, and and Leo's over there with Frank's toy. I know Leo (laughs) took it from him. There's no question that, there's no question that, you know, Frank had that toy, and Leo came and snatched it from him, and then just like, let's see how this plays out. And so, but I'm trying to teach, I'm trying to teach Frank as a good, strong father, look, you've got to take things back yourself, son. (laughs) Listen. I, I, for a moment, I felt like Mufasa. You know, I'm really, we're in the Lion King thing. I felt like Mufasa teaching Simba to hunt. And I'm like, listen, I had, I mean, I, top five dad speeches in my, in, in my dad career I gave. And I mean, I, I empowered that boy. I gave him everything he needed to go get his toy back himself and not just whine to his daddy. So I get back over here and I start scrambling these eggs. I'm like, Yahweh, 
I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot toot. Uh, that was that was a good good speech, and and I've taught I've taught my boy a valuable lesson. <clears throat> well, here comes Frank over to over to Leo. Leo, toy in hand. Frank comes up as bold as he could possibly be because my dad told me I get that toy. I'm about to get that toy, Leo. Game on, brother. Leo. His grip did not change, nor did his expression. I have no doubt that if, 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 if there was ever a time that Frank needed to get away from Leo, he would have no trouble. However, if Leo did catch him, he is our brute, and it would be trouble for Frank. And so he's pulling, he's pulling, he turns around, he goes, Dad, I can't! <laughs> My point being, where I fail as a father, Yahweh does not. And he never sends us into something that he doesn't give us the ability to perform. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I, I, yeah. You know, I was broken as a dad at that point and really not feeling good about myself. And I probably did try to go take the toy myself and struggled a little bit. And then uh, to make up for it, sent Leo to his room. So, Frank, just play with something else. I'll get it for you later. Oh, man, Frank and Leo, those guys, they are amazing. I, uh, I want to jump into something real quick because this is, I, I really feel this thing of, of, of Yahweh, of us shifting our thinking of coming into a moment like this, into a place like this, and having an expectation of something being imparted into us that needs to get out, and us being, being faithful to not abort or prematurely give birth to that word through this, through our speaking, and through not putting, making our words like his. Uh, there's a story, it's in uh, Joshua <coughs> chapter 3, <clears throat> and I want to I, I kind of give context to the story uh, by going back a little bit, but I'm going to read out of Joshua 3, so if you have your Bible. I don't know why we don't. Like literally every week, I, this is where I'm at. Maybe you do and you're just down there with your phone. That's cool. Whatever. I like to because you can highlight things, think of things, whatever. I just, anyways. <clears throat> you do you. So uh, this, this story is, is Joshua is about to lead the, the Israelites across the Jordan into the promised land. <clears throat> and uh, and, and back story is that Moses has died, and Yahweh has allowed, remember, Yahweh allowed him to see the promised land, but never enter into it. And now Joshua is in a place where he's about to have to lead this people into the promised land. And uh, in in chapter 1, 
I, I feel like Yahweh is, is actually dealing. He, he recognizes, and see, this is such a comforting thing to me because he starts to recognize the, the things that, that Joshua naturally deals with. He, he recognizes it, and he starts to deal with it with Joshua before he really actually sends him into it. Joshua might not know it because it might not come exactly how you think, but he starts to, he starts to rewire Joshua. And, and you need to know that, he's, that, that when we step into a place where he calls us into something impossible, you might not have the ability. But he can rewire you. He can rewire you. I've heard my dad talk about, he's the only person, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, but, I've, but the, the first person I ever heard talk about uh, spiritual DNA changing your actual DNA, <clears throat> which he has a medical background that he can speak from, a, a, you know, um, and so he, and he, what he has to say about it is absolutely incredible and has challenged me, but Yahweh can absolutely rewire you. If he's calling you to what seems impossible here naturally, he can do what's impossible naturally to see it through. And so, <clears throat> so I'm just going to read it, actually. I'm going to jump into Joshua 1 and read the first part because I don't want to try to call, recall this from memory. Joshua 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all, these day, all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. The book Uh, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, nor the Lord your God, uh, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, in reading this, I, I, I start to realize Joshua's position. I start to think of Joshua in, 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 a, in a place of he obviously needed a rewiring of his strength and courage. That Yahweh recognized what he was calling him into and starts to speak a word into him to say, be strong and of good courage before he actually quite calls him into what he's calling him into. Because what now uh, Joshua is going to have to do is to lead the people across a, a river just as Moses had led. And you think about how, Mos- how Moses looked to Joshua. 
This is the man that he served. This is the man who's, who's, seen, who's done signs and wonders and miracles in front of the Israelites. He's accepted, and now he's in this place, and he's going to have to lead them. This is an impossible task in the mind of Joshua. So Yahweh comes in, and he deals with him by saying, be strong and of good courage. So jump into three. <clears throat> then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about, a thousand, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the, the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. But we have so much more access, you realize, in this day than they did then. What used to be far is now near and within us. And so, I mean, it, it's... it's you can read these stories and then you, sh- you, you, you have to be so much more encouraged. You have to realize the access that we, we've been taught something different just by living and being in the world. But, it, but, but truly the access that we have as kingdom people, yes. believing for the impossible, that should be our lifestyle. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Eva uh, recently had a, had a, a word for us <clears throat> um, of sanctification, of something we were to, to, uh, to cut out from our lifestyle for a time, uh, a fasting of sorts, um, that w- it's not a big deal, wouldn't make sense, or I've, I think I've even referenced this before, but, but it's, it's something that we're not going out there talking to people about, we're not doing, we've, we've, but Eva came to me and she said, hey, I know this is weird, but I think Yahweh's telling me to cut this out, and what I said in that moment was absolutely, let's do it. Again, Eva's response of that she gives credit to, to Andrew of, I count it all joy or whatever, I'm going to go ahead and say I count it all joy dash Mark or Les, and someone wants to take credit for it, I'll take credit for it. <clears throat> no, but I, I, I count it all joy. I, I, I come into agreement with that. And really, what we need to be looking at as kingdom sons when there's, a, when there's a call to sanctification, meaning separating yourself from something, you need to start to get excited about that. Because Yahweh has to take you out of something that you're so used to and so programmed. Eva and I, uh, you know, we, it's not like we're perfect, but in, in this day and time, there's not... I can't go back and say this, we really have this struggle or we're really not living right here. We, you know, I, I, we have an amazing relationship that Yahweh has blessed and is growing and is just awesome and I love it and she loves it and we, and we have a, a great relationship with our family and our kids and, and Yahweh's guiding us and leading us. We have a great relationship, but still, if he calls, even in, even in there's nothing I'm doing wrong, if he gives you something, sanctify yourselves. For once, it seems, from lack of Yahweh just 
land blasting the Israelites, that they're actually walking in the right and they're heading into the promised land. And in that moment, he gives Joshua the call, sanctify yourselves, set yourself apart because I need you to see something in a completely different way. I just want to stir the waters a little bit. I just need you to, I need you to be okay with being uncomfortable for a moment. So let me stir that up in you. Sanctify yourselves. The Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that I, that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests to bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the uh, Perizzites, and the Jerashites, Gergashites, whatever that word is, I apologize, and the Amorites and the Jebusites, all of those ites. Look, we're going to take care of them. The ites are gone. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves twelve men from the, tr- from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all of the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from, the, from, the, uh, from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap." So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came down to, uh, to the Jordan and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped into the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose into a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zertan. So the waters that went down into the sea of, of the Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on the ground, on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over the dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Let's jump into 6 here. Uh, Chapter 6. So you see that first Yahweh deals with Joshua and some some of the things going on within his head. Then he asks them to set themselves apart, that he's going to do wonders. He makes a way for the path. <clears throat> Chapter 6, and this I absolutely love. And this is the grid for the impossible. This is how we should see things. Jericho, background, Jericho is uh, when, when they were about to cross into the Jordan, they went, he, uh, Joshua sent two spies out into Jericho to, to, to search it out, to see what the pulse of the people were, to see you know, uh, what was going on there, came back and gave a report basically saying, uh, they're fearing us, they know that Yahweh is with us, and Joshua, that's when he sent out to go across the Jordan. 
in chapter 6, this is where they're going. Jericho is the first land that they're going to take in the promised land. So uh, chapter 6 says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Repeat this after me. Now Jericho was securely shut up. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Jericho was securely shut up. Now listen to this, verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands, its king and the mighty men of valor. (laughs) What do you think Joshua is thinking in that moment? Like, see, see, like, I don't know what's going on in your world, Yahweh, but when there's guys with, with, with weapons and they're all around this fortified city that really want to kill us and don't want us anywhere near them, I don't see that it's been delivered into my hand. And I promise you that these people that I'm supposed to be leading, I can't throw that one back at them. See? Pick a spot. <laughs> you know, that, that's not, that's not, right? He's, but, but Yahweh immediately says, see? I've delivered them into your hand. Because in the world of Yahweh, no thing is impossible. I gave you the word. I will see it through. So he's already calling it as yours. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when, the, uh, when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. <clears throat> Jump to 15. But it came to pass on the seventh day. Now remember, there were six days before the seventh day, and though this might be an a over-rehearsed point by I'm sure many preachers and everything, I still want to say six days passed. And there was not a sign. See? No. See, I've given it into your hand. I've told you to do this. Now watch it. Walk it out. How, I, I said, I said the, the, the thing of be careful not to prematurely birth or abort the word that Yahweh has given. How many times that this, I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, like, He said already, see, I've given it to you. See, here's the the deal. Here's the kicker. The steps of the righteous man are ordered of Yahweh, correct? But Yahweh doesn't walk those steps for you. The righteous man takes the steps necessary. 
The steps of the righteous man might be ordered, and everything that you need to walk that path is within you. Yahweh gives it to you, delivers it into your hand, but you still have to be the heaven-earth connection. That's how he designed you, that I will give you a word to birth into this earth, but I need you to walk in faithfulness as a righteous son. You have got to take the steps. Daniel, you can, you can absolutely find a way out here, or you can take this step. And watch what takes place. So 15, but it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day, only, the, uh, only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, shout for the Lord has given you the city. What I think is funny is that the city is still not delivered into his hand. Yahweh requires something of him that he then requires something of the people because Yahweh doesn't want it to work through one man. There's a purpose in us coming together. There's a purpose in when Ben says shout that it's not just about him, that it's not just he's leading us in worship, but there's a sound within you that breaks, that breaks down these walls in us. That healing comes from us being together and swirling that wind around here in this river. There's things, Ben said it so well, and I don't know, Ben, I'm just, I'm preaching from you today, but, but he said that, I've, I've said multiple times, but he said, there's something I get in the family that I can't get alone. And, yeah, true. And that's a shifting for Ben, because Ben is the secret place all day, every day worshiper. That is not fake. That's where he lives. But Yahweh plucks him. See, that's where the excuse of being a reclusive type person, that this is where I get these things, is not okay. He, he, he is a, he's a prime example of that. The kingdom is about family, not about isolation, okay? The kingdom, that's why I'm, I'm pretty, I want to be vigilant about not providing it, making it easy for someone else to be a recluse and just look at this from afar. Man, come on, put yourself out there, sanctify yourself, set yourself apart for a purpose, believe in something, come into agreement with something, a people. It's how we were designed and it's, it's something that I won't forsake. So then Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Jump down to 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city. Eva had a, uh, another, I guess I'm speaking from Ben and Eva today. <clears throat> Eva had a, uh, a, a, I don't know if I'd say a word, it was, it was about uh, Amelia when she came. She had this feeling in her spirit. She knew that she knew that she knew Amelia was going to be born on the 6th, July 6th. She just had this feeling mixed in with all these different whatever, but you know how you always say, I, I think this, and everybody and their mother is going to come and tell you not only the gender of your baby, but when that baby's going to be born, and they're usually always wrong. <clears throat> so, uh, they, uh, so Eva had this idea that M Amelia was going to be born on the 6th. She was sure, 
And she actually came to a place where she kind of wanted it to be the six because, man, this is, it's the six. That's when it's supposed to be. And she actually went into labor on the sixth. But Mila did not come until the seventh. But, but Yahweh spoke to Eva, Eva and has started to continually speak to her about Mila being born on 7-7. Seven, seven. Because the word biblically is completion and perfection. And, and sometimes when we think it should happen right then, there's a seventh day. There is a perfect timing. And Eva had this word for our family, but then we in turn may believe that it's for this family because Amelia is part of you and she was born into this family, this family and this family. And the word was that there will be things, and we haven't been reading this story. This is not something that, this actually, this story spoke to me because of that word. But there are things that, that used to be, that used to be in our lives, that used to seem like barriers, that used to be something we responded to. But when she was born that day on the 7th, there was a declaration that Yahweh has completed some things. And there are things that we are not, no longer bound to, that we operate differently in this time. It's an announcement and an invitation into something deeper. And so, uh, <clears throat> and so I... I I don't know what that looks, looks like yet, but I know that Yahweh gave me two things this morning, a, a prophetic um, decree that I know lines up with his word. And these are two things for this house. So why don't y'all stand with me, please? <clears throat> the first thing being this, sanctify yourselves. I do not know how that looks for you. I'm not going to try to put anything on that, but I do believe that Yahweh is calling this people to separate themselves for there are going to be wonders done in this house among this family. But the point is not that we see the wonders. It's the point is that this is, a, this is an act of obedience, that there is something Yahweh, whatever Holy Spirit will be faithful to reveal that to you as he has for us. And it doesn't have to make sense. In fact, look for it not to make sense. But sanctify yourselves. Make a decision to separate yourself, to set apart something. Don't know the timeline. None of that is, is relevant. It's just being faithful to the word of Holy Spirit within your heart. And that is what I'm supposed to give to you is sanctify yourselves. Number two is to start to expect in gatherings like this, when we come into worship or we come into, we come into the word or whatever prayer or whatever that might be, to start to expect as a son, you're being given something that is meant to be birthed, and it's going to be impossible. That's a lot of words, but basically this, expect the impossible. Be one that comes to live in the realm of impossibility. Be okay with the impossible and without having the answer. So sanctify yourself, set yourself apart because Yahweh is about to do mighty wonders in this place, in this family, in our own individual lives and corporately on this ground, I believe, 
on this land, I believe, and then also start to expect as a people the impossible because that's what we're going to start operating in. I truly believe that with my whole heart. I wouldn't say it if I didn't feel Yahweh to create to me, so I had to create to you. Amen? Good. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.